0: Blessing upon his own word and his spirit to drive us along the, the way of holiness. <coughs> and coming back to the portion of scripture that we read in Luke's Gospel and chapter 9, and reading at verse 51 When the days drew near for him to be taken up he sent his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked and they went on to another village <coughs> Jesus more than once when he's referring to the works he was doing in this world and the, the timing of things he always referred to it as a time My time he said has not yet come and again he refers to it as an hour my hour has not yet come and we see that because Jesus Christ is going by a perfect clock, he is going by a perfect plan and everything fits into that plan however Upside down, the thing appears to be at times, and that is why he said to the woman that the well of Samaria there, who had uh, and this a misconstrued the theology, mm-hmm. and a theology that uh, revolved around a well and a mountain. Uh, uh, they knew about Jacob. They knew that Jacob. She knew that Jacob had drunk from that well. And, and he said but Jesus said to her woman he says the hour is coming the hour is coming he says, and the hour is here and I will say when you shall neither worship it is upon this mountain at this well or upon this mountain because he said of the father the father he said he requires a, a worship that is in spirit and in truth you see the wells were in the way the, worship, the theology was upside down And but that was all that mattered to that woman at that time and we must always be careful that we, we are not swallowed up in that type of thinking where it seems to be clear enough for ourselves but against the clock of eternity it is miles off And that is why he says this to us. He said in another place, my time has not yet come, and I must keep, he said, the Passover at your house. Everything was along the lines of that time and everything along that hour. Everything in Jesus' life happened according to the divine plan of God. Now you see, when we grapple with, with infinity, that's what we're doing with the God's plan, we are finite creatures and because we are finite creatures, we are limited it doesn't matter what, how much of a mind we have how, much, how, how deep we can think, we are within the realms of finite, the finite things but he says Jesus here was speaking about things that were infinite Eternal things, he said. And they differ in time from our uh, interpretation of time. Everything in Jesus' life happened according to that. You read through it, you find that that is the way it was. People were going to arrest him, then they couldn't arrest him because his time had not come. And multiple other things along that way. So that. He lived, in a sense, in the present tense of God's love. In the present tense of God's love. That's why he was never alone. He was never alone. And that is one thing we have to learn bit by bit. <coughs> We're slow to take all these things on board, but that, that's the way it is. That when we are been sanctified... By the word of God and by the spirit of God. It is as if he is releasing to us some of these great mysteries. And that you apply them to our own personal plans. And also his will. Was in harmony with the divine plan. Also, The will. That's our problem. The bondage. Of the human will. that it is it, it is bound up there. It, it was bound in sin and nature's night. That's how Wesley puts it. fast bound in sin and nature's night. Unable to release ourselves from it. Because our wills were not in harmony with God's plan divine plan for us. And despite Jesus' foreknowledge of the bitterness, the cost of this, the indescribable bitterness and, and, and hatred and the agony, he is fully determined to accomplish. And that's where we pick up this story here. The work which the Father has given him to do, he is going to do it. But our wills are warped. That is the reason in that we were where we were before grace touched our lives. We, were, we did everything according to our own wills and nobody could tell us otherwise. This is the only one who could tell us. This is the only one who could shape the system in such a way that he would <coughs> synchronize our wills to His will. And it's when we are brought into this union that we experience the peace of God. Peace of God. No wonder. How could we have peace? We were searching for peace here, there, and everywhere, as the world still is. But, you see, this peace enters in when our wills. When we have come round, when He brings us round to our own, to His will, and lodges us in there. It doesn't say before His death here. He says before His ascension, before He was taken up from this world, before He returned to glory. That's what all this is about. It is about glory. It is about our salvation. It is about our realigning us with God so that we can enjoy God forever. That was the reason we were created, man. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And God has to intervene in this problem because of ourselves. We cannot do this. Before his ascension, before his return to glory he fully realises that the cross is there but he sees the cross as a stepping stone to the crown no cross no crown I say, and that is true in our own personal lives we have to come to this place we have to come to Calvary We have to be broken there. We have to tell them the truth there. And then, if we see it as the only way to heaven is through Christ. He fully realises this. Timothy Timothy said this way, who for the joy that was sent before him endures the cross. It has a feeling about that word, hasn't it? Endures the cross. Despising the shame, shame. is set down at the right hand of God the Father, the throne of God in heaven, and He has become now our surety, our guarantee. He is the one who has done the work. So, I want to look at this just three little things. First of all, the course he maintained he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem no flinching no flinching from the duty it all it was all to do with this this was how important you know yourself how important it is to have to start from the right premise in anything if you expect to end up at the right answer, you have to start begin at with the right press, and this is what he shows us here. He didn't <coughs> flinch. And that is what this world tonight needs: people who are steadfast, who are not afraid to stand out and and to own their God and to say to the world, they say, "You have nothing to teach us as far as this is concerned." See our duty as Christians. Thomas Watson, the the great Puritan of his own age, and said very simply: "He said, he said, duty is ours; success is God's. We do our duty. We're not going to change people's lives. No one here is going to change people's lives." But God can change their life through the, the person. We don't claim the glory for anything that happens like that because the prerogative is with God. My he moves first of all and then it happens. And Jesus himself was looking for people like that. He said, Anyone who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God.
1: You know that from the illustrations round right about you hear days gone by when people were ploughing where every
0: inch of ground there was ploughing somewhere or another And people took a lot of, of pride in doing things like that. And some people were better at it than other people. We have to say that. But you see, a straight furrow was what Jesus was saying here. They wanted Christians who are Christians? <coughs> Somebody said that the believer is to live in stark contrast to the culturally accepted norms of the day. <coughs> in stark contrast to it. Because he has been brought into this union with the one who made this possible for him. It's not conforming to the world it's not going along with everything that the world says you see that's a good way of quenching the church of Jesus Christ not at all Christ gave you and I something that we might not shirk or flinch he set his face as to go into Jerusalem You see in the state of our, our country today because of this of compromise after compromise after compromise on the great issues and because of that they don't take that from Christ here he shows them, this is the example he said, he set his face as a flint he said, to go to church there was nothing going to stand in his way No, nothing would stop them doing this. And that is how Christ and God graced this world through Christ. If you were to remove grace from this world tonight, what an awful place you would be living in. The all you had was just common grace. But this grace that was bought for us at a price of the blood of the Lamb of God. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit sin of angels preached into the, unto the Gentiles and believed on in the world and received up into glory that's the cycle that was the scythe. and that is what he did that was the agreement he had with the Father before the world was in this eternal council he set this in motion he was to come and do this but I say to deal with that awful thing, sin that people don't want to know about in this day and age sin a wee word that what mountain, the tentacles that that thing has on the way to glory he passed through this inhospitable land this sinful world you and I pass through this world also we see see things that would make your flesh shudder from day to day you see things more horrible things every day of life but you're only seeing them through sinful eyes but you just for a moment think if you can undo that And see, have the eyes that Christ, who had no sin, and saw this, saw the cross and the horror of the cross, Mm. and what it meant for him to do this, to be steadfast, so that people would be brought back onto this course. In off (coughs) course, we were bound for glory. Passing through enemy territory, he tells us that he, says, that he went, he says, and he went to Samaria. He sent messengers to go to Samaria in verse 2, and he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. This is all timed into this clock that brings. Into the, the work that he had to do, the preparation so that no one in Samaria could turn around and say, we haven't heard anything about this. We haven't heard it. We have an excuse. But we don't have an excuse, you see, because he sent this messenger ahead of him to do that. Christ has done the difficult bit. The difficult The bit you and I could never do for ourselves. And that is why we see how amazing a thing grace is. But you might ask, was his message and his mission a success there? Well, they did not receive him. That's what they say. He did not receive him. Because, he says, and he tells them why this was. Because his face was towards Jerusalem. His face was towards Jerusalem. He hadn't reached Jerusalem, but that was enough to put them off, that the intentions were there. (coughs) And they knew that he wasn't going to flinch on that one. And that was enough. And they didn't want See, their wills were not in harmony with God's eternal plan of salvation. It kept knocking at them, but it wasn't in harmony with it. And that is what Christ was going to do. That's what Christ did to the woman at the well, yeah, when he challenged her about her life, challenged her about all these things. He said, She said, Oh, I know it is a prophet, Had a prophet who said, "I am He," he said who speaks unto you. You don't look beyond me for this. This is where I am. This is what my work is. This is the Father's will for you. And the question for us tonight is: Are our words in harmony with His will, with the divine plan? Because there's no way we can challenge it. As it comes, it comes with everything that's in it there. We have to accept it and go along with it. The great controversy between the Jews uh, and uh, Samaritans was about the place of worship. The place of worship couldn't see as the place of worship to the person, to the saviour, who was offering himself. And that's a dangerous thing, when the place becomes more important than the actual worship of God. You can't, you needn't expect great blessings in a situation like that. Because all they were doing was the same as that woman was doing, thinking about who had been there before, Jacob had been there before, the where well. he had drunk, that wasn't before, but Jacob was gone. And that is because the Samaritans built a temple uh, and mount Garrison Geri- there against uh, chapter, uh, some, the, the Samaritans in, up, in total opposition to Jerusalem. But see, Jesus sees through the temple. He sees through these things that cause so much di- and disharmony among people and drives the spirit of the Lord, my friend, away from them. But Jesus saw through the temples to their souls. He said, is the temple of more importance to you than the soul?" is what he's trying to say to them. He is trying to say, for, for them to get them to say what I say, I said, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. <coughs> the course he set steadfastly, set his mine to go to Jerusalem. And he didn't flinch in that, and that is why he knew all the, the problems along the way into the grave itself. But he saw through the grave. Christ didn't lay in the grave forever, not at all. There was, there was as if he saw through everything a window in the grave to glory on the other side. But the joy. That he had with the Father before the world was. Be steadfast, he said. That is why he said himself, You cannot serve two masters. You can't serve that. That is totally impossible. You have to give yourself to the one or the other. And that is why tonight we pray that we would be on the side of this one. who who went through all the agony of Gethsemane and everything else and poured out his blood, that we, who were unrighteous creatures, might be made righteous, the righteousness of God. But there's another word here, not just the course, but the the correction. He corrects the disciples along the way. He said to them, and when his disciples in verse fifty four, James and John saw it, these are the ones who were so close to him, they saw it. They said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume? Is that the type of thing you is that the type of way you work? We want vindication. We want to retaliate in this type of thing because we feel what they've done there refusing you as an offence. It's never a nice thing not to, but this is the thing. But God reminds them. And Jesus reminds us, vengeance is mine. I will recompense, saith the Lord. He doesn't doesn't John and James and they don't have to do these things. They have to. To look after themselves and make their own calling and election, sure. But the mill of God grinds slowly, my dear friend. That's why things don't happen in the spur of the moment. A sentence against an evil work is not carried out immediately. Then the sons of men are ready to go ahead and do more. That's what Ecclesiastes tells us. To execute speedily, the mill of God grinds slowly, but you said it grinds very finely, very fine. The Samaritans were given the opportunity because they had forgotten that the law had come with Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and they couldn't accept this because Luke 10 at, at verse 16 tells us the one who hears you, you, you hear me the one who hears you hears me and the one who rejects you rejects me and the one who rejects me him he rejects him it's a chain of events and all that chain He said, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this that the kingdom of God has come near you, he says. This is the condemnation. They were given an offer and they could accept it or reject it. Jesus had been rejected before Jesus went there, rejected tonight also, and today throughout the preaching of the gospel. However sincere the preaching is, we remember that our wills are not in harmony. That we reject this. And this isn't something new. Jeremiah said it stand, he said, God said, stand in the way and see, and ask, he says, for the old path. Where is the good way? And walk. Therein. But you see, we mustn't stop there because that's not the end of the quotation. The end of the quotation is what they said. They said, We will not. We would not decide. And that's the same thing that is being said here also. But Jesus warns them against the consequences of this refusal. Whoever refuses me and my words in this evil and adulterous generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. They needed collecting. They needed to be put in their place mm-hmm. along the way. But also a word regarding the, the compassion that he showed. In verse 54, then it said, and when his disciples saw James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want a fire to come down from heaven? But he turned and rebuked them. He turned and rebuked them. Because, he says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his mission. Christ came to slay the enmity that was in the human heart, he said. Not to foster it, but to slay. So that we wouldn't then, that we might have life and know this new life in Jesus Christ. Would you go back to your old life that you had before? That you've tasted and seeing that the Lord is good, would you back and would you go back to it again? However, difficult it is and difficult it will be, there's no such thing as an easy path to heaven because we wrestle not with flesh and blood, we wrestle with satanic forces along the way that would want to see the church of the Lord Jesus Christ annihilated <coughs> off the face of the earth. <coughs> that is what is at heart these people have at heart but not so if you have tasted this life see how often for years maybe in your life you existed from Monday to Friday only Friday would come see. miracles were going to happen things were going to change and then your freedom and then Monday came again and you're back to the same old thing again not at all it is to have life. He went all the way. He was the only one who could say Tatallesk. It is finished. He said in one word. It is finished. This I've finished the plan. He says, as far as God, what God gave me to do is, is, it's finished. There is nothing to be added to it. There is nothing to be subtracted from it. Because it was, in a sense, finished before the foundation of the world. Before anything came into being, it was so. And that is something for us to, to, to think about. The depth of the mystery of the grace and the salvation that God offers us. People go around as if they were throwing confetti to people, saying, Accept this, accept that, accept You can't do this, you see, as simple as that. The prerogative is God's. God moves first in this situation. He draws you in a strange way. However much you pull against it, it doesn't matter. It is God who is pulling you, and if he wants you, he will get you. He'll get you one way or another. Supposing you're one, and I mentioned that the other day to somebody, of a lady that I knew, who was under conviction of sin. And she was trying to, to get out, uh, rid of herself of this thing that was plaguing her, she thought. So what did she do? Well, she said, she booked a holiday in New Zealand. Well, you we couldn't go much further away than that. And she was in the plane there and arrived in, in you see, yeah. She was coming down the steps of the plane. Who met her there? The word of God stopped her in her tracks. See, whither shall I go from your spirit? Is There's no place. Over. Over. Finite creatures wrestling with these things. You can't because Jesus gives and forgives we get and forget so often when Christ knocks at the door of your heart you send somebody else to the door to answer when he says behold I stand at the door and I knock he is knocking for you it's not for you or for me to send someone else to the doors but we're very good at that we're very good at that delegating the thing to somebody else but Jesus says I don't want that person I want you I want you and by the time he's finished with you he will indeed do just that are you afraid that he might go like what happened here on to another village to another village to Capernaum, where they were where they were lifted up to the heavens with the great miracles and things that were <coughs> but now he has moved on. He is leaving them alone to wallow in their own things. Whereas this salvation that we have here, will set you free. Augustine said that man is free when he delights to do God's will when he delights to do God's will not when he complains about having to do something but like we all do but when we delight to do God's will and there's a difference and there's a blessing when we do that and it is in the synchronizing I mean that God has done this has brought us round to that situation so that we delight to do it, because we know that it doesn't depend on our us; it depends on Him. So that the glory and honour be His always. They were quite happy to call fire down from heaven on the elders, but they weren't so happy about being corrected themselves. They had a lesson to learn that they also had to be taught. And we all have to be taught. There is no spiritual delinquency in God's kingdom. We have to be taught. And if we walk with the Lord, then we will exactly, we know what that is like. He said, rejoice, he says. Not that you have the spirits, he says, but that your names are written in heaven in heaven the simple F.B. Mayer was traveling over from Ireland on one of his many missions years ago and he was familiar with the ferry the captain on the ferry that he was coming over on this rough night it was and he was up on the bridge with the, with the captain there and he, he's the master of lights ahead of him and he said, how on earth he said, do you know when you are in line, he said, where the actual entrance is? How do you know, he said, the, all the lights there? And he just called him, he said, he said to him, do you see there's three lights ahead of me there? He says, when I get these three lights as one, appearing as one, then I'm bang on, he says, the entrance to that other. And that, in a sense, is what God is saying to us, that we get the three into one, so that we (coughs) are ready also to enter into the kingdom, not to reject but to accept and to embrace them, and to love it with all our heart, mind, soul, so that we touch but the hem of his garment to do that. And the lady said, Who who's touched me? Jesus said. Who touched me? And he said, I know somebody. The, the disciples said, Who touched you? There's thousands around you here. Ah, but he says, power went out from you. that is the power that brought Christ back from the dead that's the power that you and I are in great need of in this day and age so that we live live for Christ and if we live for Christ we will die in Christ also and we will have no regrets regarding our journey into this world there is a course that we need to say there is a correction that we're always open to but there is a consolation of compassion but he didn't come he came, he said, not to condemn did I come, he said, I came like he says, that they might have life the word he said, would condemn at the end of time May God bless us together, the few words that we have here, and may he be glorified in outlets. Let us pray, gracious God, we thank you for the moments here on earth, for the moments of heaven on earth itself, where time, Lord, seems so distant from us, and where, Lord, the beauty of our Saviour envelops us. And we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, but the things that are seen are temporal, and the things that are unseen are eternal. O oh Lord, wash us on this evening and you cleanse us, forgive us, in the name of Jesus Christ and for his sake and glory. Amen. We now conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm 84 from verse 7 to the end of the psalm. So they from strength that weary go still forward unto strength, until in Zion he appeared before he appear before the Lord hath left. Lord God of hosts, my prayer here, O Jacob's God, give dear, dear, see God of shield. Look on the face of thine. Anointed, dear, to the end of the psalm Mm -hmm. So they from strength and where it goes. Psalm 84. And abide with us now and evermore.